Welcome to Doctor Who on the Rocks, a podcast where we drink whiskey, discuss the longest running show in science fiction, and arbitrarily assign points to find out who really is the best doctor. I'm Diana, and I've seen it all. And I'm Jen. I've seen nothing. So this week's story is The Mythmakers. But wait, wait, wait. Let's get to the whiskey of the week. Yeah. <laughs> this week we are drinking uh, Whitmire's Texas Single Malt Whiskey. And this has been on our shelf for quite a while because mm-hmm. I kept finding other stuff. Mm-hmm. And we did some Whitmire's in the first season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this one is actually barrel proof. So it is uncut, which means they didn't add any water or anything to it. It is just from the barrel into the bottle. This is going to be fun. It should be very fun. It is 111 proof. Fuck me. Great. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have a great time. I'm excited about this. This one says extremely limited release. Okay. So it is bottle 83. Three of 89 bottles. Hmm. All right. Towards the end. Let's pour Cheers. some whiskey. Cheers. Hmm. Initial thoughts. Smells strong. It does smell strong. <laughs> when I first opened the bottle, this also has a wax covering over it. So mm-hmm. it, it was... A little bit of a challenge for me, personally, <laughs> opening this. I think a lot of the ones that have wax on them are tougher mm-hmm. to get into. Mm-hmm. But all that is to say is when I try it, when it finally popped open, just like the odor, the the smell. <laughs> no, it's not the odor. <laughs> it just exploded in my nose. Yeah. To say the least. Okay. Yeah. That's just definitely a lot imagery. of... A lot of that. I mean, considering that it is, you know, barrel proof and 111, it doesn't necessarily. I'm not burning nose hairs. Kick me in the face. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not burning nose hairs here, but. Well, cheers. Let's try this baby out. Okay. It's sippable. It is sippable. It does have a bite. (laughs) Absolutely, it does. I felt my more. When I initially took the sip, and then now it's kind of just lingering there, mm-hmm. but still sippable. Yeah. Not, I, sh- I would not shoot it. Yeah, I like it. I like the initial flavor, and it's like a soft burn, and then there's like a kick. Mm-hmm. And and I kind of like the the one-two punch of it. Mm-hmm. Should we try it with ice? I think so. Yeah, especially because it's, it's such a high proof. First of all, I don't want to die. And second of all, uh, generally when they're that high proof, ice can definitely help. Yeah, I'm interested to see how this uh, opens up. Oh, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's doing its thing. I think it tastes sweet now. Yeah, I can see where it's going to get. It feels um, my initial, because we all know how good my palate is. And so I know how to recognize like two things, right? Mm-hmm. 
this one feels very caramely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely, I think I'm getting better at identifying like caramel yeah. flavors, buttery, caramel flavors, if caramel, you will. Caramel. Uh, and so that's definitely what I got right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I dig me some caramel. Mm-hmm. It's one of my mm-hmm. faves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Um, I feel like a little bit more now with the ice. I feel like the ice takes away a little bit of the punch so I can mm. taste a little bit more of the flavors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now the, I feel like my mouth is like silky, like mm. buttery after having yeah. to sip with the ice. I don't hate it. Yeah, one of the things that I would be interested in, uh, so my mom likes whiskey, yeah. but she only really loves whiskey after it's been chilled. Mm. So I would be interested to know if that's placebo effect. Mm-hmm. Where she just thinks it's better, or is does the does something about? Because I know with wines, where you keep it temperature wise, does actually affect the, the way that your mouth receives the and the taste. opening of the wine at the beginning, when right? You open the bottle, and so that's some of the stuff that like now that we're kind of getting more into it. That I because like I get the hydrophobic principles of whiskey and why the water mm-hmm. helps open it up, mm-hmm. but does the temperature yeah how it affects it because would it be different if we just used distilled water versus ice mm, gotcha know? gotcha yeah i'm curious but i i, I don't hate it I, I really my mouth feels buttery and like yeah. silky after like drinking it with the ice cube yeah and it's, i really it's like lovely. that it's like a lovely whiskey yeah. i really like that you know i'm gonna i'm gonna give this one dare i say an 8.5 wow i really like that yeah, it's I'm, interesting. I'm sitting right about there. I was mm-hmm. gonna say like a eight point three. Definitely better than ones we've had, and definitely better than last week. Oh God, anything is better than last week. Yeah, ethanol is better than last. Week. Yeah, last week was rough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't even finish it. No, we didn't finish it. We it did was not. The beer, it was the beer insider of the week. Yeah, we did. We that's so right. Oh man. Yeah. And what's really sad is that we filmed that one after another one. So we were already. Yeah. We were already. We had already had like some whiskey. And by that point, I generally tend to feel like you're more accepting of crazy flavors. A little wet whistle action is like. Even a good whiskey before it was, there was no saving it. No. We didn't even finish the glass. Absolutely not. Yeah. That was an experience. There's levels to this shit. This is worse. That one was worse than 1835. That was a nice, short, concise whiskey of the week. Yeah. We usually go on for like hours. Yeah. I mean, we know what we like. We're getting to the point where we just know where we like. Mm -hmm. And Whitmire's, remind me, season one, we did like. We did. We did like Yeah, we did stuff. like theirs. So I'm just curious to try another bottle in another season or two. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and see how we feel because so far, I think the the this is on the list of one of the the main ones that we like. Yeah, it's definitely in our upper echelon. It's, a short, it's on our short list. Yeah. If you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On the Doctor Who on the Rocks bar cart, mm-hmm. it's this is one of definitely them. on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Top shot. It's good. It gets some special lighting. Yeah, yeah. It's making a statement. Yeah. Gets a little highlight. So let's uh, talk some Doctor Who. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. So much. I know. I know. 
so much. I was actually really disappointed. Like as much as like there, it was never going to happen where we were going to be able to watch it over the weekend because mm-hmm. I was feeling like a bucket of shit. Mm-hmm. I was really disappointed because I wanted to be able to watch this and talk it mm-hmm. immediately because mm-hmm. what the fuck? So much. So, so much. much. So much. So before we get into what is so much, um, let's, you know, go through the syllabus. Yeah. So this week we're discussing the myth makers. This is one of the last episodes. This is one that has no surviving actual BBC footage. The footage that you did see in there where it was moving was from essentially a fan cam in Australia yeah. where someone recorded the screen. So it's, and then like Cal held on to the footage. So that's why it's absolute rubbish mm. is because it was on a television, you know, those curved screens and like, yeah. The Cause you can, yards. some of the faces are like, definitely like, they look like Photoshop, yeah. you know, like the mm-hmm. really bad Photoshop with like yeah, the so, neck hanging by the yeah. ear. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Baby's first Photoshop. Yeah, yeah. 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 So all we have are set stills. And this one fan cam. Mm. And that's it for this one. Okay. Um, so this is one that I would love to see. Recreated. Or found or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll kind of get into that. Uh, it ran from the 16th of October to the 6th of November of 1965. Things that happened during this run. One of the big things was that we're seeing the independence of uh, Rhodesia, which is now known as Zimbabwe. And one of the big issues surrounding this particular independence, we've talked about a couple before, but the British government's pretty, we'll say pretty good. Mm -hmm. We'll say acceptable. They get passing marks for letting, at this point in their history, letting people or um, peoples become independent from them. But one of their parameters for independence is that the people who are forming the independent governing body Mm -hmm. must be made up of the indigenous population. Mm -hmm. So it's like, let's say this country who has a majoritively white population because colonization, Mm -hmm. but the white folks are the ones that are like, Hey, we want independence. The British government's like, that's not how this works because you folks are our folks. You can't declare independence from us. They can, but they're not asking for independence. Hmm. And so that's what's happening in Zimbabwe is that it's the white folks that are the ones forming the government. Mm. And so there's this big tug of what do we do? How do we deal with this? It turns real ugly. Interesting. There's Mm -hmm. also apparently a series of child murders happening in uh, around Manchester area. So there's that. Uh Yeah. So it's kind of another one of those time periods where like technically a lot of stuff happened, but you know, the Vietnam war is escalating. We're seeing a lot more action in Southern Vietnam. Um, we have, and so all of that's kind of ramping up. So we're, we're really starting to get into a period of time where everything on the news is going to be very war related again. Mm -hmm. And I say again, because we have to remember that the adults that would be chilling in the world during this time would have lived through world war Mm two. So those are the kinds of people that are writing our stories. Those are the kinds of people that are watching our stories. And now this story in particular was written by Donald Cotton and was directed by Michael Leeton Smith. We are still with the same story editor, Donald Tosh, and our producer is now officially John Wilkes. Okay. So, bye, Verity. New guy. We loved you. 
for Donald Cotton and Michael Leeton Smith, this is their first story. Okay. For Leeton Smith, that is his only story. Interesting. Now, some of the faces from this serial, uh, this is one of the interesting serials because a lot of the people in it were from the theater. Mm-hmm. And I think you can tell by yeah. their performances. Mm-hmm. So Barry Ingham, who played Paris, mm-hmm. was in this little movie called Doctor Who and the Daleks, mm. which we haven't watched because it's technically non-canon. Interesting. Okay. But it's the same characters-ish, but it's a movie. At some point, we'll probably watch it, but it's it's a very strange, like almost like an alternate reality kind of a situation. Hmm. Okay. Uh, but he was in Doctor Who and the Daleks. He was also in the Jeffersons. Oh. Right. He was in Matlock and Star Trek Next Generation. Okay. So he actually like made some headway into modern television. Been around. Yeah. Cassandra Francis White mm-hmm. now plays the grandmother in Peppa Pig. Okay. You know. You know. We can't all be in Star Trek. It's fine. She's still a working actress. That's fine. You do what you do gotta you, do. Girl. Do what you gotta do. And finally, uh, Limcow, who plays the Cyclops, was also in Marco Polo and the Crusade, and he was kind of a famous character actor of the time. He was also in Indiana Jones. Mm, okay. But this was his last appearance for Doctor Who, so mm-hmm. we're kind of saying goodbye to some of the early actors and mm-hmm. moving into a new branch. New face. Yeah. So what were your first impressions of the Mythmakers? Well, firstly, I love Greek mythology. Do you? Yeah, I really, really enjoy Greek mythology. So this was so you know this story. Yeah, I know. I know the story of Troy. Um, This was fun for me because it's like, oh, this is great. You know, I get to get a little bit of the history, the story that I, the history and the stories that I like. But also, fuck goodbye, Vicky. Oh, I know. I'm also. I have some feelings and some thoughts yeah, on good. how yeah. they uh, said goodbye to her in. <sighs> yes, hundred <laughs> percent. I will ensure by the end of this that those feelings and thoughts will probably be much more vitriolic and angry. So Great. I've got information for Great. you. I mean, in that playlist of the episodes that you yeah. sent out, the first one was like a, one of the actresses. Yeah. So and I accidentally started watching that a little bit, and I was like, oh, okay, so there's some shit to clear up in this episode, obviously, because yeah. she's making it like, yeah. Let me clarify for y'all. Oh, that video. was Cassandra. Yeah. yeah, that was the actress who played Cassandra. So I'm like, all right, there's some there's some goth yeah. here. Yeah, hot we goss. have to uncover. I I love mythology. I'm a big fan. You know, I one of my big passions is the classics, and so I love it, but I also hate it. Hmm. I'm really interested to get into like discussion points because this is kind of one of those where there are aspects of this that I die over and there are some aspects of it that I just feel so impassive about. There's nothing that I truly hate about it. Mm -hmm. There is one thing I truly hate about it, but uh, most of it is just either I love it or I'm just kind of nooch over. So Mm -hmm. I'm interested to really get in and talk through mm-hmm. the episode and maybe my feelings will be clarified mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. You usually help me figure out <laughs> if I'm feel. either with you or very against mm-hmm. you. So mm-hmm. we'll see. 
Our brief synopsis, the TARDIS gang does wishbone as everyone pretends they are well-versed in Homeric tales and that they've all read the Iliad. One bloody wishbone episode later, and we've picked up a stray named Katarina, Stephen might be dying, and most importantly, we've lost our best girl, Vicky. I know. R.I.P. R.I.P. I know, but she's dead to us. She is dead to us. <laughs> so that leads us into the TARDIS points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jen. I I know what TARDIS is. The real TARDIS is what I was trying to remember. Oh. <laughs> Time and space. Space and relative dimension, something like that. <laughs> Some, there's time, space, dimension, relativity. Is you in basically there. got all the words, just not in the right order. Time and relative dimensions in space. Yes. Okay. See. Okay. Cool. 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 But most importantly, what does ours stand for? Uh, oh shit! <laughs> you can only do one at a time. I know. Literally. Uh. I can't totally. Think. Tell the arbitrary rankings determined with intoxicated seriousness. Yes. Okay, so how do we feel about the doctor? I liked him this episode. I did like that little tip at the beginning where he was basically telling Stephen, like, you need to stay here because they want to appreciate your humor. <laughs> yes. I, considering that Stephen's not our best boy, mm-hmm. I really appreciate that he's also not the doctor's best yeah, boy. Yeah, definitely he's, like, pokes and jabs yeah. at yeah. him. Yeah, the doctor's like, you know who was better than you and I still didn't like? Mm-hmm. Ian. Right, right. So that says something about you, yeah. you know? Also, him pretending to be Zeus and just the fact that the other people are laughing at him because it's like Zeus would never come back as yeah. someone that a, old. A beggar. <laughs> and the doctor's like, excuse, excuse you? A beggar? A beggar? In this outfit? Yeah. <laughs> I know. It really made me wonder, like, what did they think? What, a beggar wouldn't be in a, in a suit. Yeah. In ancient Greece. Just what in a, like a temple, a, right? Yeah. That's like what, what they created the yeah. Tardis as their... Oh, yeah. I liked that. I liked when Steven's complaining about where he he they landed because apparently we are now back into trying to get to maybe Steven's home mm-hmm. time period, trying to get mm-hmm. Steven back to where he's from, mm-hmm. even though that's kind of unclear. I mean, I feel like the doctor's attitude towards him makes me lean towards that. Like, oh, absolutely, he's trying, he's to, get trying to get the, the Steven. fuck yeah. off. Yeah, trying to get rid of Stephen. But so Stephen's giving him a hard time. And the doctor responds with, with all of eternity to choose from, I think I did rather well getting us to Earth. Thank you very much. Yeah, bitch. Bitch. <laughs> and so I appreciated both in like in the same statement that he reads Stephen for filth. You can't do this. Who are you coming at me for? Like, can we talk about mm-hmm. all of space and time? Mm-hmm. But also just casually acknowledging, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. Why do you think I can drive this? Bitch. Haven't we had this conversation? I got us here, though. Hello. You're alive. <laughs> You're not dying in the recesses of space. You could have died in that fire with your panda, mm-hmm. but you didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also liked that as we got into the mythology of Troy, that he immediately was like, oh, the Trojan horse is some bullshit. That mm-hmm. didn't happen. There's no... And he worked so hard to elongate the plot 
by not suggesting the Trojan horse that we're going to do things like introduce a glider. Right. But this is the same dude that number one read Barbara for being like, yeah, I'm an Aztec goddess. Mm-hmm. And said, that's "How very what, dare you?" That's what I was like. What the fuck is up with you, bro? Mm-hmm. What is this whole thing? And it, it it even relates back to with Vicky and Vicky trying to like basically they're trying to say like, "Oh, the doctor has a plan or whatever." Yeah. No, he doesn't. No. He's not following the plan no. because he's going rogue. Right. He's gone rogue. Yeah. Oh yeah. Welcome to Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. <sighs> yeah, I, I thought it was very interesting how well this lined up with the Aztecs, mm-hmm. where instead of the whole thing believing that she's a goddess, that they basically, he comes out and they're like, oh, you're a god. And he's like, for show. For show. That's me. You got the right dude. And then the <laughs> second they, old. <laughs> yeah. And then the second they introduce him to the next person, that person's like, are you fucking shitting me? You're not a fucking god. A god? Are you kidding me? In that outfit? <laughs> Come on. So I I liked that, but it definitely did strike a chord that, you know, he criticized her for that whole episode, justly, I should say. We think that is very fair. That was yes. Barbara's worst episode. Mm-hmm. But for... I, you know, adopting this guise and also trying to change history. And he's over here adopting the guise of a god until he can't. And then is like, oh, you know what I'll do? Introduced flight several thousand years too early. Right. Which, don't do that, my dude. Like, You're fucking with history. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? You well, more than this with the space, time and space, but like. But also history. Like, mm-hmm. can you just, can you imagine if the Greeks had adopted flight? Oh, fuck. Yeah, I thought I thought it was fun. I thought the doctor's presence in the story was a lot of fun. There was a lot of good like plug and play Greek mythology for him. He got to meet. He does that whole thing. It's kind of why I like likened it to Wishbone is because when Wishbone does these stories, mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, I'm Menelaus." Mm-hmm. And he gets to be Love Menelaus for the episode. That dog. I, I and <gasps> and very intensely the episodes of Wishbone I remember the most. Mm-hmm are the Odyssey mm-hmm. and King Midas for whatever reason. But mm-hmm. I vividly remember King Midas, but it's the first time I was introduced to the Odyssey was Wishbone as Odysseus. And I very much remember the shot where he like shoots all the arrows to win the contest when he's back with his wife. And maybe is the reason that I got into the classics <laughs> is that episode of Wishbone. Wishbone. So I really enjoyed the fact that the doctor got to meet all these people I liked that through him, the story of the Odyssey, of the Iliad went from this myth story to not quite what you remember. Mm-hmm. You know, there were all of these little things where Menelaus was like, ah, fuck Helen. I didn't really like her anyway. Yeah, fuck that bitch. What a bitch. <laughs> like, you know, she was, he was, she was t- chasing other guys like when Whatever, I was around. Yeah. Like, she probably was some other dude by now. Like, who the fuck mm-hmm. cares? Can we just go home? I cackled. Mm -hmm. I thought Mm -hmm. it was really fucking Mm -hmm. funny. Whereas not all of the comedy played super well for me through, through this. Mm -hmm. I think it had to do with the, like not seeing it. A hundred percent because there got to a point where I didn't need to see it anymore because it, the, because it's very British comedy. Mm -hmm. This is a highly stylized British form of humor from Mm -hmm. that time period. Mm -hmm. And so, but, and when it clicked for me, I was like, Oh, I get it. They're not just being douche holes. Mm-hmm. They're 
this is com- <laughs> this is yeah. comedy. Yeah. Doctor, I actually enjoyed the doctor this episode. I did too. I liked when Achilles first thing when he meets with Achilles right after he's killed Hector and Achilles is like I am known for being perfect and beautiful and humble. And the doctor's like, "Humble? You? Mm-hmm. Humility? Not because of your ankle." Oh, the fact that he tripped on something, something got yeah. caught in his ankle. I was like, <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, what do you give the doctor this episode? Did I say I'm going to give him an eight? <gasps> That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. 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 I, we're on the same page for mm-hmm. him this time. Mm-hmm. He was fun. He wasn't problematic. He was trying mm-hmm. to do the thing, mm-hmm. trying to just get through the story. Mm-hmm. Was I don't think any of this is... I wouldn't have We're said just this going was, with the flow here. Yeah, I wouldn't have said this was real before I landed here. Mm-hmm. And I like any moment where the doctor isn't 100% sure of what's happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you get to the end of that story and the fourth episode, it's like comedy, comedy, comedy. And then that fourth episode kicks in and it's like bloodshed, slaughter, mm-hmm. death, destruction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This whole city's on fire. Yep. And the doctor is just like, fucking run, bitches. <laughs> and, you know, it's one of the few times where... We get back to the TARDIS on the skin of our teeth. Yeah. So many other times it's like, we're just let's prancing go back, back to, the, to the TARDIS. Have fun, so guys. Let's shit go. Up. Let's go. Time yeah. for a selfie first. Right. And, you know, in this time it's. No, we got, we got to go. We got, we got, we got to get we gotta out get of here, fuck guys. out of here ASAP. To the extent that there's even that question at the end where until he says something, you're kind of like, does he even realize he's left Vicky behind? Mm-hmm. And he says things that makes it clear that at least for story purposes, he realizes it, but I'm not willing to write off the fact. They agreed upon it. But not to like leave her behind. No, because she said in the end, I, I, I stayed here or like I I was left here for you. Like she says something to that extent. Well, but they never actually have that conversation on camera. No, you no, know, no. They never, there's never that whole there's thing like where that, the yeah. doctor and Vicky have audio conversation. Yeah. And so until she's talking to Troilus and the doctor's talking to the new TARDIS gang, mm-hmm. you don't realize they that this have, was an intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're like, they fucking left her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How fucking dare he? Mm-hmm. And I still say how fucking dare he, but we'll get into it. I that. mean, I knew she was going to get left from yeah. the first time they like, the two characters came together. Cause I was like, we can, and we we'll go you know into what? Vicky. You know what? Talking about this, you gave him an eight. I gave him an eight. Let's talk about Vicky. Yeah, I was very disappointed of how she oh. left because her the whole season we've been talking about how much of a juxtaposition to Susan she was and how much and they, of a fresh breath breath there she was. Yeah, and then they just reduced her back to just exactly like, the way she left. Exactly. Falling in love with yeah. some dude. Even worse, because at least Susan went out with her dude through like, that was our 10 episode long jaunt through war tour in London. Who knows how much time, you know, right. in my brain, they spent like two weeks together before she was like, you know what? This was some Romeo and Juliet type shit. Literally, we saw each other. We locked eyes. We went through really traumatic shit together. And we're just going to live 24 fucking hours. 17 years old. Uh, I mean, not that you can't find love at 17 because people are still married. and Absolutely. Uh, but you know, it's whatever, not, but it like, takes more than 24 hours. You right. should not be newsflash. Do not make life-altering decisions over the course of knowing someone for 24 hours. Ever, ever. Give them at least 48 just think about it for a at second. Least. Take a beat. 
pause. Just take a pause. Take like a breather. Anything in life, just pause. Yeah. Make sure you know their last name. I you mean, know, she was basically set because that was Prince. Well, not after Troy Burns. That's true. And I everyone mean, also, died. but kind of. We can get. We'll get into what her afterlife would have looked like. Yeah. Literally, but, my note is: I roll. Vicky stayed, and oh my god, is Vicky gonna stay? And holy shit, she's yeah. staying. Yeah. I'm so upset. I knew that was happening as you were watching it. Yeah, in the first instance, you yeah. know, she's all googly-eyed. Yeah. Well, and it's crazy because, so part of the production notes for this mm-hmm. is that she was not supposed to leave. This was not supposed to happen. Oh, wow. But in Galaxy 4, mm-hmm. she criticized the script writing so much that our- They were like, fuck you, bitch. Not they, Bill Wilkes. Yeah. Bill Wilkes, our producer, that- right is clashing with the doctor is now has clashed with Vicky. Steven's also in the, so we're losing the doctor soon too. We're not losing the doctor. I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. I, I mean, mean, I do know. In these personal clashes like this, if Vicky was cut off this one and him and Vicky were partners in crime, I can and only I'll, assume. I'll talk about when we get into story notes, I'll kind of talk more about what's happening with the doctor, with, um, uh, Hartnell behind the scenes. Yeah. Because I feel like this is very reminiscent to, like, an experience that I had in one of my jobs. Sure. Yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. like, you don't last too long after that. No, you start, you piss off the producer and, mm-hmm. you know, you definitely have a in But it's date. also in terms of, like, personal energy. Yeah. You know, how absolutely. much more can I take if I'm literally combating the person that yeah. has, like... And so what happens is that she was... And when we say... From a modern lens, mm-hmm. right? When I read, she was criticizing the script a lot for Galaxy 4. Mm-hmm. And then they went on that holiday, right? For the one episode of Imp- Mission Impossible. Yeah, whatever, the Dalek into shit. Into the unknown. Uh-huh. Yeah. Marijuana Mission plant looking unknown. motherfuckers. Yes. Yeah. During that holiday, basically Bill Wilkes said, write her out of the script. So she came back not knowing she was being written out. Damn. Every, nobody knew that she was being written out. Damn. And and so you have all this stuff that's being that's happening in this story. And she, you know, she's from the modern lens, when it says that she was criticizing the story, considering that Vicky is a badass character, is by far our best character we've had on the screen so mm-hmm. far. Mm-hmm. What I see is a female, a woman that was very passionate about her job, that was very interested in making sure that her character maintained mm-hmm. what it had because apparently she had been kind of becoming disillusioned with the character mm-hmm. for a little bit, maybe seeing like some stagnate, you know, mm-hmm. you want to see a character mm-hmm. grow and develop mm-hmm. and change mm-hmm. and do more. And, you know, even though we've been loving her, mm-hmm. you know, she may have been seeing writing on the wall yeah. or not seeing the kind of growth she hoped yeah. for. Yeah. And so... Because this is her career. This, yeah, right. You know? Yeah. So she's criticizing the script for plot holes and things she didn't like. And let's be real. It wasn't her best showing and mm-hmm. for her character in Galaxy 4. You know, after all of that, she probably was just taking her job seriously. Mm-hmm. And this new dude didn't like it. Hmm. And so he wrote her out. Interesting. Which is too bad because she's phenomenal. She's great. Honestly, and best companion. So far. Yeah. And, you know, even though, I want to say even though she was being written out crassly in this, you know, I still, I still liked her. Mm-hmm. She still had these moments of uh, when 
Troilus is getting all snarky over the fact that she even knows Stephen mm-hmm. the whole mm-hmm. time. And she's like, would mm-hmm. you take a fucking chill pill, yeah, bro? I'm allowed to be friends. Down. I've known you for 24 hours. Yeah. Technically, I've known him for like a week. Yeah. But like. Fuck off. We can still be friends. Right. If I can love you, we can be friends. Mm-hmm. Take a chill. Have you seen him? He's lame. <sighs> You're so cool. Oh, my God. And he's 17. Yeah. I forget how young Vicky is, too. Yeah. Until like I. I think that everybody forgot how young she was until they were like brought it up this episode where they were like, oh, right. She's 16. Let's have her get married. Disappointment. Um, Yeah. In terms of endings, it was also really disappointing because we didn't get a goodbye at all. There was no. It was such such an it was it felt as urgent as I felt like the director felt like it needed to be. Yeah. You know, you like, know, Steven is delirious. He has no idea that Vicky's not even there. He thinks that Katarina is mm-hmm, Vicky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The doctor's like, we got to get the fuck out of here. So there's no moment of goodbye. We don't mm-hmm. even have the conversation that she wants to stay. Yeah. What are we going to give Vicky for her last hurrah, <sighs> as it were? I hated it so much. I'm going to give her a six. A six. Mm-hmm. I was feeling like a seven. Uh, I was going to, I like the fact that at the end, she looks over the horizon and goes, oh, look, it's Aeneas. Who then leads us into the Aeneid and becomes the founder of Rome. Um, so I kind of like, and I think this is probably all very coincidental, but I really like the fact. So Aeneas then goes to Carthage and Queen Dido falls in love with him, but he's got to like peace out. He's only using her to like help his ship get Mm -hmm. rebuilt. And so when he pieces out, she commits suicide. It's like a whole thing. But the planet that we find Vicky on was called Dido. Mm. And then her first episode is the Romans. So there's this whole timeline that's very interesting for her that I'm sure was coincidental, but I kind of like as a effect of, of her overarching story. So I'll give her a little extra points for that. Mm-hmm. But it's still like just a seven. It's not through no fault of her own. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not her it's best showing. purely the writers and the and everything that was happening. Yeah. In this. And uh, that's going to take us to now Steven. our longest serving companion. How do you feel about Steven? I still hate him. Yeah. Oh, he just continues to do nothing. He's just kind of a douche. He's just, you know, like... You know what he, who he reminds me of? He reminds me of those football douches from like ATO in quotes, yeah. quotes. <laughs> Inside joke, you 100%. won't get it. 100%. But yeah, just to do, like, just like a, yeah, not, like nothing really, Stephen really didn't do anything. Obviously, he's just badly wounded at the end, which I'm like, yeah. okay, are you just not going to? go above being the wounded dude that just never stumbles he into is, the TARDIS. He is in prison. He is wounded. He does nothing. Yeah. So honestly, there's not for me. I have not much more to talk. about. I literally have like four. Has, yeah. I have four lines on him. Yeah. No, like that's it. Steven for me. Yeah. I wrote what a dumbass. Yeah. I liked the part. He did have the part of the show where I started getting into the really getting into the com- uh, the comedic aspects. Mm-hmm. And that was when he meets up with Paris and he's like, 
how would I ever mm-hmm. be able to win some against yeah. somebody like you? You are incredible. And Paris is standing there going, yes, well, I well, well, I also liked when Steven was just like, I, I, take me as a prisoner of war. Yeah. Just do it. Why, why not we do that? And Paris is standing there going, well, this is just simply not how things are done. And it was, that was the, mo- that line for me is so fucking funny. No matter if it said seriously, like you can give me down to Nabby and they say that line and it's, it always kills me because it's so fucking pretentious. To me, it reminded me of, um, the Black Knight in Holy Grail and Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And it was very, I saw this in one of the books that I read for the show and it was such a John Cleese type of snooty British. I wish I was upper class or I'm a really big idiot from the upper class mm-hmm. kind of a character mm-hmm. that was so satirical. I loved that moment for Steven to get to be a part of it and to facilitate that means that he's not getting the worst scores from me, mm-hmm. but that's the only part of the show that mm-hmm. he was a true benefit in. And even then it was to enhance another character. Yeah. It didn't do anything for him. Yeah. So what are you going to give Steven? Five. I a hundred percent was going to go. If he did not have the John Cleese scene, I would have given him like a three. Yeah. Five. But fives. Mm-hmm. Now, this is going to seem crazy, but technically we've got to do this. Mm-hmm. H- how did you feel about Katarina? She's a dumb bitch. Oh. <laughs> I, I hesitate I mean, to for go the time, For the time. I mean, she, she has a very limited knowledge because she's coming from this point in time in history. Yeah. I get that. Um, but just how they're making her so much more just like bow down, bow down. And she looks a lot like fucking Barbara. She does have Barbara hair. She has helmet hair. Yeah. Real bad. So like, I don't know how to feel about this yet, but I think that Katrina is going to bring an interesting dynamic because every one of our companions have been from the future yeah, or from some sort of present timeline. Mm Mm-hmm. She's the first one that's going to be from the past. Mm-hmm. So I think she's just going to say a lot of dumb shit. But that's just mm. because she doesn't know. She doesn't know. Yeah. She can't know. You know? But then I am not looking forward to her and Steven together because they're both just... Steven's just a dumb person. Yeah. And then Katarina just doesn't know better because she's yeah. from the past. Yeah. And the doctor's going to be here like, what am I doing with two idiots? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. What do you give her? I don't know, a two for now. I yeah. don't know. We're, we're, That's, I don't know who she is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know shit. I, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, like, in my notes, I even gave her, like, a point one Because she didn't do nothing. Like, she did shit. shit. She just spied on like, them and didn't turn them in. Thank God. And I think I'll bring it up to the two, just yeah. because I don't think I can give her a point one for it. It's not her fault. She's from the past. And they basically were like, we're getting rid of Vicky, so pull this new bitch off. Like, mm-hmm. very clearly, because Vicky was hastily written out, Katarina was supposed to be the Vicky character going into the next episode. So it'll be interesting. And so that's where I'm interested to see. Are we going to keep some of that Vicky sass in the writing? Are we going to completely rewrite the character because she's from the past? You know, we're now separating these two women by close to 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. Nope. More. 4,000 years. Mm-hmm. So No, you- more. Because Vicky is way in the future. Vicky is more in the future than... She was like the... I think she was from like the 2100s. Was she? No, just kidding. No, she was 
Vicky's definitely a, more beyond us right now. A hun- present day. A hundred percent. She's from the 25th century. And we're looking at... So that's the 2600s. Troy is roughly the 1300s BC. So three to 4,000 years. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how that translates. Yeah. I don't think too well, especially since Stephen is a misogynistic ass. Ass. <laughs> and she's not going to know any better from the yeah. time period. Yeah. Exactly. Also, she very clearly is uneducated yeah. and thinks that walking into the TARDIS is her path to the afterlife. So, you know, we got to get her past thinking she's dying first. Next. So, <laughs> who's the bad guy? The directors. I said that. <laughs> my first note was whoever got rid of Vicky. The directors. So let's, let's say um let's say Wilkes. Yeah. For the first time, I think we're gonna go outside the main story. Because fuck you. She was a great fucking fuck character. Fuck you. John Wilkes is the bad guy and he gets the ten. Yeah. Also, Wilkes, didn't you assassinate Lincoln? I was about to say <laughs> he's like he's The John, last name. John Wilkes. That's yeah. Are you related? No, that guy's last name was Booth. I guess they could be related. Wilkes Booth. Yeah, it was Wilkes. I mean, Wilkes was his middle name, but that doesn't mean they're not related. I mean, family could it be names. Like, could it be like with what women do now? They yeah. they put their Hyphen- yeah. yeah they put middle their name, middle name yeah. the last name as their middle Father's name. Father's last name. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you so were you giving the a ten? Oh oh oh! The director. Yeah. Yeah, he gets a whole fucking ten whole because fucking I fucking loved Vicky. Yeah. How fucking dare you? Yeah. Also, it's just such a brazen show of positionality where you just like, write her off, and right? you know I don't respect authority. No. So like automatically. <laughs> yeah, I know. You can yeah. shove this thing where the sun don't shine. A hundred percent. Yeah. Super mad. Like yeah. Considering that my first mm-hmm. note was whoever got rid of Vicky. And then my next ones are all followed with question marks. Nobody is really a bad guy in this story. No. There are no bad people. No. Um, it's just Odysseus the war. is kind of whack. I don't necessarily like this portrayal of Odysseus, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, at the most, he's kind of your like money scrounging dude. But, like, okay, that's war. Yeah. He's not like the bad guy. He's just doing, you know. And they kind of make Cassandra out to be a crazy person. Yeah. But she was just protecting her family. Yeah. And Cassandra is one of those people in uh, mythological history Mm -hmm. who she was cursed. um, She was a prophetess that was cursed to never be believed. Mm. So that's her whole trope. Gotcha. Anytime you see a soothsayer, a fortune teller that is always telling the truth but is never believed, that's based on the Cassandra myth. And interestingly enough, since I know you just read Harry Potter, mm-hmm. Professor Trelawney is supposed to be a descendant of Cassandra. That makes sense. Yeah. Because she always, she was just, people wrote her off as the crazy. And you, she was usually right, kind she of. She had some, she had some points. She was on points. But sometimes. she was also crazy. Yeah. Kind of like Cassandra. Mm-hmm. But everything she said in the story. You know, she, she she's a good example of if you need to make your point, remember not to shout at people. Mm-hmm. Because nobody likes to be shouted at, especially as women. We're not allowed to, you know, raise our voice at all. <clears throat> because then we're crazy bitches, even if we're telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was a really great example of that. So there's no way that Cassandra could have been yeah. a villain because she was right. 
the whole time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit nuts. But that's from being fucking gaslighted. That's what that shit will do yep. to you. Uh, so that brings us to our last full score. What did we feel about the story as a whole? I mean, I'm going to be biased because I like Greek mythology. Sure, be biased. Um, I've never been biased. This is biased. one of my... <laughs> this is one of my I think might be one of my favorites just because it touches on Greek mythology sure. I'm going to give it a 9 wow mm. I'm not going to go that high because it was hard for me to get into in some points I didn't like the portrayal of Odysseus particularly um, I didn't need there was a whole section where the doctor decided to go into catapult lessons and how catapults were built and i really didn't this one tried to go i didn't necessarily need all of the stylized language going from this iambic pentameter into just stylized verse and like all the, i didn't necessarily need all of that even though i kind of i could also appreciate what it was trying to do i think i would i'm pretty sure i would give it a nine if I still had surviving episodes, gotcha. if I was able to have some of the visual, some of those fight scenes, some of the comedic mannerisms that went with it, mm-hmm. I think it would definitely pull me up to a nine. But for similar reasons, you know, it's the same thing that I liked about the Romans and that I liked about uh, the time meddler mm-hmm. was if you know your shit, mm-hmm. if you're familiar with it. Mm-hmm. There are some really funny bits in there. The mm-hmm. standing on its head of like, oh, we didn't really fucking care about Helen in the long run anyway. Mm-hmm. And the subversion of expectations. I feel like we haven't really had that before. And even in something like the time meddler where we were doing this like historical but a twist because we've got the meddlesome monk. This is the first one we weren't in a history lesson. We were Firmly rooted in mythology, mm-hmm. which means that nothing is real. Mm-hmm. Everything is permitted. Mm-hmm. And that you could kind of fuck around with it. That mm-hmm. as long as the story that gets told afterwards is the story of the Iliad, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you have, what you mm-hmm. do in the middle of it. So I really did like that. So I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a 7.5. Mm-hmm. I really did like it. So... I forget what episode three is actually called, Mm -hmm. but the writer wanted to call it, is there a doctor in the horse? Oh, Jesus. And the fact that they didn't is a crime. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why it's not, I didn't give it an eight. I gave it a 7.5. It it would have been a 10 if it could have had that. It's Mm -hmm. epic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When are they ever going to be able to use that again? Exactly. Man, that's only Troy. Exactly. Okay, so just some background on what we're dealing with in production notes as well that doesn't really apply to any of our scores, but I think is important to know that's going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. as we're moving through this okay. season. Now that we're firmly established into season three, um, Hartnell has been and will, con- and will continue, unfortunately, to be quite difficult. Uh, we've kind of touched on the fact that we've got his billy flubs that have been going through mm-hmm. the seasons. You know, he's not necessarily remembering his lines great, which is mm-hmm. a problem on a show where you only really have one take. Mm-hmm. And then just like any man, mm-hmm. when he messes up, he gets embarrassed. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and kind of rages mm-hmm. at the people around him. So mm-hmm. he's starting to become a bit of a prima donna. Gotcha. Perception wise, mm-hmm. it should be noted that, you know, Maureen O'Brien, who played Vicky, was like a William Hartnell stan. Mm-hmm. Cassand- the woman who played Cassandra said that he was, you know, he was grumpy, but like, you know, and cantankerous, but like nice enough. Mm-hmm. The other issue is that the guy who played King Priam was gay and a Jew. Mm. And so one of the big stories that comes out of this story is that William Hartnell was definitely a homophobe and a racist. Wow. Then I take back my fucking score. Well, (laughs) that's why I wanted to put it afterwards because I don't think that you can't, the doctor is not a homophobe and a racist. He's not a homophobe. William Hartnell. Yeah. was there's also the fact that you had all of these um, theater actors that came in and he was feeling some kind of way about like i'm okay the- fragile masculinity 100 percent. i think that's probably more what this is is that the concept of fragile masculinity is a new concept mm-hmm. and so everybody was like oh it's definitely racism and homophobia and it was i mean it could be partly racism and homophobia but mostly fragile masculinity we didn't have that terminology yeah. yet yeah. so all of it together yeah bill's could not be having- everything yeah He's not having a great time. Yeah. And then this new producer comes in and basically tells him to have a stadium of seats. Mm -hmm. He's not really having it. And then at some point. They fire his girl. They've, you know, he's got his main crew is gone. Then he All this is to say, unexcusable still if he was a racist and misogynist. Totally Yeah. But. uh, He also. So during the filming of this, mm -hmm. his Aunt Bessie also died who, well, not also died. His Aunt Bessie died, who basically was the person that raised him. He mm. was born out of wedlock, so we didn't really know his parents. Gotcha. You know, Heart, sensibilities of the story. Time. Yeah. Very, A bastard. Super t- so difficult. <laughs> Life is so hard. But she did die during this, and he was, they kept him busy. They didn't let him go to her funeral. They didn't give him the time. Ooh, that's the worst thing you can do to someone. That's like caging an animal that's meant to be free. Right, especially when you're already having altercations with them. Oh, that's not good. Like, you can't let him not go to his mom's funeral. Trust me, I can relate. Yeah, like, (laughs) you're not asking for good shit to happen. Yep. So, you've also got that. He felt like he wasn't being treated like the star. Okay. And... Diva. So he's a diva, right? So all of this is happening. And then we actually find out that he's sometime during this, and we don't know specific details because at this time you don't really relate and reveal this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. But he was actually diagnosed with arteriosclerosis. <gasps> oh. So like some pretty intense shit. Mm-hmm. And this can all be based, except for the blatant homophobia and racism, Almost everything else kind of falls under symptoms of arteriosclerosis, not being able to remember lines, short tempers, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And part of the issue is that Bill Wilkes didn't believe him, that there was something that just, just thought he was being a prima donna when there were underlying issues. So you also have him being actively gaslit over health issues. Right. And that's till this day is still a problem. It's still a huge Mm. issue. Just because you don't look sick doesn't mean that you're not sick. 
invisible illnesses are real illnesses. And so he's being gaslit over all that. So we're really seeing a lot of buildup of antagonism, Mm -hmm. regardless of his like personal beliefs, personal actions, like being gaslit for shit is never okay. And I will never blame anybody for getting a little bit cray cray and lashing out when they're being gaslit. But none of that really matters. I mean, it does matter. It actually matters a whole lot, but for the context of this show, it doesn't matter as much because the only thing that truly matters is was this story neat or not? In thinking about the parameters, this is definitely yeah. a neat story because Vicky is a beast. And we have to have her in the next roundup of what's happening. Hmm. So I would say it's neat because I think Vicky as a companion, I think she has an automatic... You just won't put anything Vicky's in and it's just automatically neat because Vicky's neat? No, no, no. I'm just saying in terms of like what we discussed last time as being the rankings, like in terms of like overarching show, who is the best doctor? Is this story holding up to par? And this has to in my eyes because we're losing a companion. Mm. I would agree. I agree. And gaining a new one. Yeah. I agree with you. Simply, but for different reasons, Mm -hmm. Uh, I say yes, because it's our first foray into this, where we've had pseudo-historicals before, they've been pseudo-historical because we're introducing like time travel stuff into the past. And this is more of a pseudo-historical because it's actually mythology. Right. And we're creating it in reality because even though it was, and it's this cool time loop that ends up happening. Right. And that it was still fun to watch even without the uh, the visual. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's kind of one of those that, do I think it's going to be the neatest of the neat? Not, Not really yeah. because I think there are better episodes with Vicky mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Vicky is the queen, I but you. I still think that it deserves to be in the upper echelon. Like it deserves to be in the throne room mm-hmm. of Dr. Who episodes even if it may not be sitting on the throne, it deserves mm-hmm. to be in the room. Yep, exactly. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. Uh, so you get a, a neat, I gave it a neat. Next week we are going to do our little mini-sode uh, that says goodbye to Vicky. We're going to talk about Vicky as a whole, how we felt about her. Newsflash, spoiler warning, um, we stand a we legend. We love her. And then the next series of episodes, because I cannot promise it'll be one episode, is going to be the Daleks Master Plan. Okay. And it's a full 12 episoder. <sighs> this is going to be broken up into some parts. Yeah, at least two. At least two, because it's a long, a long binge. Um, but... It's the Daleks. And dare I say it, it's going to be a little different than what we've seen the Daleks before. And here we go. If the last Dalek episode was anything to go by. Which was not neat, but Jen overruled me. And the dice of fate <laughs> overruled me. So we'll see if the Daleks master plan is neat or not. But for today... Cheers. Cheers. Goodbye. See you later. Enjoy some whiskey. Have a good night. Good night. Or day. Or whatever. Whenever you're listening. Whatever. Have a, Have a great whatever you're doing. I hope work's great. I hope the yeah. laundry's fun. Whatever you're doing. Whatever you're doing. I hope dinner's yummy. Yeah. Bye bye. <laughs>
it's Diana. Thank you so much for listening to the end of the episode. If you want to catch us for another dram, subscribe to get Doctor Who on the Rocks as soon as it's released. And if you think we're neat, please rate and review on iTunes. It really helps us out a lot. You can also check us out at on the rocks pod, all underscored on Instagram, or if you have comments or concerns or even better whiskey recommendations, please send them to media on the rocks pod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to us. We look forward to seeing y'all again in two weeks for the next episode and another glass of whiskey. See you next time.